The Hulk Air podcast is finally back and we're here with our record appearance maker, 350 career appearances and 50 consecutive appearances, Sean Canedal. Hey Tom, how you going brother? Yeah, not bad yourself. Good, thank you. So we're going to go a bit down memory lane first and just talk about your uh, your career in the NRL and, and what you've got you there and then what got you here as well. Um, so first we're going to start off in 2006 uh, at the Newtown Jets. What was it like at that time and, and how did it prepare you for the NRL? Um, oh, it was awesome. Um, it was a really breakthrough year for me. I started playing... Um, in the under 18s at the start of that year. And I worked my way up into the under 20s. And then by the end of the year, uh, before I knew it, I was playing in a reserve grade grand final. So, you know, there were some first grade players, Jamie Soward and um, Glenn Hall, guys that I looked up to that, you know, had played first grade. So um, I was very fortunate to be able to, you know, finish the year in, in, you know, the New South Wales Cup grand final when we played against Parramatta. Unfortunately, we lost, but, um, you know, it was a great experience and, um, you know, it was probably my first time um, in a full-time environment and, you know, saw how those guys trained and, and prepared and played and um, you really set me up for the next year of um, making my debut in, in first grade the year after. And in that grand final as well, on the bench was Mitch Alberson as, as, and it, it just so happens that you guys went on to play in the, the 2013 grand final together. Yeah, that, that's what I mean, that you, you go through the grades and... Um, my journey with Mitchell Orbison and Mitchell Pierce, we sort of followed the same path for like, you know, 10, 15, like 12, 13 years together. And um, it was really great to share those experiences and, and start from a younger age in the under 20s and, you know, work your way up and, and be able to play your whole career with, um, you know, those guys. You've got so much respect for them and you, you class them as your, your lifetime friends and to be able to achieve what you have and, and start where you came from at such a young age and achieve, you know, the highest level that you you get you can and, and the NRL was you know it's really special to share that with them. And for that as well, just start for your NRL debut. See Sydney Football Ground. It's round one against the Bunnies. Just walk us through that experience. What were you feeling? Can you can you remember much from the game? Yeah, it wasn't a very good game. I think um, I was marking up. We had Nigel Wagner, who was you know probably one of my idols growing up playing for New Zealand, and he was on the opposite and. I think I let two tries in and we lost. It was eighteen six against the Rabbitohs, but it was just an awesome experience, you know to. Uh, put so much effort and hard work and, and sacrifices and um, my family had you know moved countries for me to be able to you know follow my follow my career and um, you know pursue my dreams so it was uh was a reward for all the effort and hard work that had gone in and you know it was the start of a you know a long prosperous you know career that I've had so far and with that as well an NRL NRL grand final and NRL debut just doesn't happen overnight and like I said the sacrifices that you need to make along the way what was it like moving over to to Australia from an early age and, and having athletes in your family like like your dad as well yeah well i think you know i've I always had the passion for it and i think that's a big thing if you you believe and you've got the passion and, and you want to want something bad enough you'll go about achieving it and like you said i had a great role, role model and my dad who had achieved you know the highest level in, in his athletic career and won a gold medal at the paralympics so i, I didn't ha have to look too far for for inspiration and motivation and you know, he really encouraged me to, you know, put more all my eggs in one basket and, and to work hard and to be able to achieve anything that you can. And, um, you know, he really allowed me to do that. And at the Roosters at the time when you made your debut, you got Min Minchello, you got Craig Fitzgibbon, you got these these massive characters, Brave and Asta, that are just giants of the game at the time. Were there really guiding lights to to steer you in the right direction in your career and, and, and help you mature as a player? Yeah, it was, um, it was a completely different environment back in the day. It wasn't as professional as what it is now, but... You know, you start to, um, you know, see how they prepare, how they play, um, the intensity that they train at and, you know, what it takes to be a professional day in, day out. And that um, really opens your eyes at a young age and you don't pick up everything, um, you know, straight away, but it, it gives you the right idea of what, what's required to, 
to play consistently at the highest level and um you know I had great role models and you know Craig Fitzgibbon and, and Minicello that you know really helped mold me into the way that I am today with my professionalism and my preparation and um you know it was great to you know have those influences coming through the grades what was it like being in that team and, and pushing towards that 2010 grand final it was awesome like i said before there was a, a, a core of players um you know mitchell pierce jake friend boyd corner um jared hargraves we'd we'd all come through the grades and we'd been playing first grade for a couple of years so we we're really comfortable and um, tony's brother came in brian smith and he was just awesome for the group um changed the way that we played made us believe and um you know what we were doing and we played an exciting brand of football. We moved the ball a lot, similar to you know the way that Tony likes to play today. And uh, we just grew as the season went on. We we didn't start very well. We lost um, you know a, a big chunk of games at the start of the season, but um, you know, we just as the season went on, we we grew momentum and playing an exciting brand of football. And we ended up um, you know being in the grand final, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. We lost that, but it was a great experience at a young age. And um, like I said before, that group. You look back on it now and it was you know probably beneficial that we lost that one because it it makes you hungrier to you know succeed in, in the longer run when we got there in 2013 and we're a lot more mature and, and more experienced for having gone through those experiences and as you say there with the some people say you've got you got to lose one to win one in a way and you, you know how it feels and you take that feeling and use it as inspiration the next time and and you go through your, your rituals in the game and, and before the game as well just to make sure preparation is key and that's a big thing for you at the moment in the preparation, especially with getting up to 350 pre-appearances. Yeah, I think we were, the majority of the group, we're still quite young. So, you know, we're 21, 22, 23 years of age. So the overall occasion probably got got, got us. We're all just excited to be there. And um, it's a big week, the grand final week, a lot of things building up to it and a lot of hype. And, you know, you can sort of um, not get lost in it, but, you know, we, we, we trained really well, but, you know, we just didn't execute on the day. We were winning at halftime and, and probably should have won the game, but... Like I said, you you have a better perspective going into the second one about the things that you can improve on and, and the areas that, like you said, you need to knuckle down on and make sure that you get right during the week. And I thought we did that and learned from that experience in 2010. And you now we ended up winning the 2013 grand final. And in that game as well, the, the 2013, when you're coming up against the Manly Sea Eagles with people like Glenn Stewart, Dylan Cherry Evans, these type of players that are, are synonymous with that club as well. Uh, can you just walk us through what the game was like? And I mean, you scored in the game as well, just the feelings and the, the general, what do you remember from the game? Oh, it was it was an amazing year. It was the, the perfect year. I just, you know, I still pinch myself at, at the amount of talent that I had in the team and, and the, play, the people that I was playing with. But... A lot of things have to go right to win in grand final and we put a lot of hard work and um you know we were very focused a very determined um outfit and we had some wild battles against the sea eagles leading in i think um you know in one of the semis it was four nil and you know they're a great side they had some great success around that time so i mean it was just uh we went about our business really well that year and it just all came together like i said we worked real hard and it was such a fulfilling feeling to you know like I said before, gone through a whole period with a group of guys and then be able to achieve it at the end of the year, what you set out to do. And, um, you know, Trent Robinson came in that year and he sort of changed the place around. And, um, you know, we really were moving in the right direction. And, uh, um, you know, Sonny Bill Willems came in and he had such an impact on on the group and, and what he did in, for the team in, in regards to professionalism and, and just the training intensity. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing feeling to be a part of and um, it was a great day for, for everyone involved. And for that year, 2013, like I said, Robinson coming in, Sonny Bill Williams coming back from Rugby Union, did they shape 
the professionalism that you now bring to OKR, do you think there was a big influence on how you go about your business with the club and, and what the club's trying to achieve here at OKR off the pitch as well as on the pitch? Yeah, I think um, Trent Robinson, he was a massive um, you know, player in that. You just look at what he's achieved. He's massive on you know being a full-time professional and he really challenged a few of us that you know, we're good on parts, but didn't have all areas of our life. But, you know, then Sonny came in and he was just the, you know, the ultimate professional athlete, role model. All the boys looked up to him and what he's, what he's achieved in the game and the influence that he has out on the field and around training. And um, you have Manicello, you know, towards the back end of his career, he had a lot of back injuries and he was so dedicated and focused and you definitely see the way they train and prepare and they're, they're very meticulous. And I think that rubbed off on the boys as well as, you know, Trent Robinson coming in and building a really strong culture that's still, you know, prevalent in the Roosters today. And I think it, it started from, you know, that that year that he came in and really, you know, try to mold, mold those behaviours. And, you know, they've had a lot of success on the back of, you know, that year and they, they, they've continued to go through that process. But, you know, it was an awesome part, awesome. Learned so much off those guys and, um, you know, it's something that I've definitely taken forward for having gone through those experiences. Along this time as well, you've got, uh, I guess, two paths of running co-currently. You you make your debut, your NRL debut in 2007. Hulk KR promoted to Super League for the first time in 2007. You just seem to have these paths that seem to be running next to each other. And then later in your career at the Roosters, you have at one point four Robins there with Kane Lynette yourself. Tackers and, and Mossy Masur, and it's with the way that's where it's out now, and it, it, in a way it seems like fate, but I guess it's all a calculated move. What was your first impressions of those guys now being their teammates and, and Mossy going back but being his teammate um, when you was here at Ulkar? Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You you don't know later on in life how those relationships will affect you. And um, when I got here, I, you know, Weller was also here. I played with Weller like you know 10, 15 years ago before that, and. You know, to reconnect with those guys in this environment and, um, you know, be able to play with them again and, and have those friendships that you've had from earlier on in your career and in your life. Um, it's something, you know, especially it's a little more special when you're on the other side of the world. You don't have uh, your family and friends and so you become a lot closer when you're over here. You rely on each other. Your families become close. So it's really nice to be in an environment and, and you know, playing some good rugby with, you know, some quality guys that you've played with before. And... With with that relationship developing over time and coming over here, and did you have some early experiences of England with the New Zealand side, and and coming over here thinking maybe this could be something I explore later in my career? I think I've always always wanted from a very young early age just to um, you know experience a different league. I've always set my eyes on coming to the Super League later on in my career, and um, you know I'm very thankful to Hull KR for giving me that opportunity. But yeah, I had some experiences. I come over and played, and um, you know the Four Nations and with the New Zealand team and you know it's definitely I, I got a, a vibe for the way that you know the crowds were and the the atmosphere and, and the style of games a little bit different in the Super League and yeah like I said I love a challenge and to be able to come over here and live in a different country and experience different you know different environment and um, you know I'm really flourishing and enjoying that that process and with playing for the Kiwis every time you put on that black jersey is it an honour? Can you just describe the feelings of, of getting your first jersey and, and turning out for the New Zealand national team? Yeah, it's mate. You you set a goal as a young kid to um, you know put on a black and white jersey. That's that's all you think about. You watch the All Blacks growing up. You watch the Kiwis play, and you know it's the pinnacle of the game as a, as a New Zealand kid growing up playing rugby. So um, you know it's a special feeling. Um, it's a great atmosphere to be in, in an environment when you're you know with people from from New Zealand. It, it, it's like you're a, one big family, and you enjoy 
coming together and we had some great success for that for that for that period and um yeah it's something i always really really enjoy doing and as we talk about the you the 350 appearances like a shape and you as a player in the past and what was it like being camp with them them kiwis and the, some of the players that were on the time when you're first coming in experienced players like the the legends i guess of, of new zealand rugby in the mid 2000s yeah i think well that was one of my experiences i i played in the all golds team and um the 100 years celebration of rugby league and there was like my idols growing up was Stacey Jones and Ruben Wiki and Ali Lawatiti and we had Stephen Price and um, I was just so blessed and grateful with that sort of set up a you know a long period of playing for New Zealand but you know so every time that you go in like I said it's like one big family and um, you get to play with players that you you idolize and, and you watch from afar and you 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 really marvel at their skill so it's a it's a great experience to be able to play with different different people get to know people that you watch from other clubs and, and you come together as a group and as a family and, um, you know, you go away and, and, and achieve things together. So it's a, it's a special feeling when you, you know, you, you come over here and it's a competitive um, environment. And like I said, we had some great success. So that really helped as well. And flash forward now to 2019 and you're at the Knights and you, you the feelers are coming out about coming over here. Can you just run us through that, that conversation you had with Tony and, and coming over here and what was, what, brought you into Hulk KR? Uh, I think, you know, I've, I've heard such good things about Tony. I've seen what he's achieved in the game. Um, you know, Trent Robinson, he, he was very integral. He said, you know, couldn't speak highly enough of Tony. And uh, having been under Brian Smith, I know how, how much of a quality coach he is. And, and you know, Tony Smith, he really sold the, the vision that he had of this club and the direction that he wanted to take it. And I knew from that first conversation that I had with him that I, I wanted to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I really got along and, and got a good connection with Tony and I could feel that it was going to be a great working relationship. And like I said, I believed in his vision and, and I wanted to come here and make a difference. And, um, you know, I was excited by the challenge and the opportunity of obviously always wanting to play in the Super League. So I just it was a perfect fit for me. What was your first impressions of coming to Hull? I mean, I mean, Hull has a bad reputation across across England, I guess, in a way, but it's a very homeless city. People are nice, they're friendly, and it has its own kind of unique take on language, I guess, and food. What was your first impressions of it? Oh, it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Like, <laughs> like you said, I've heard bad things, but when I got here, it's it's everything that you need and it's everything that you make of it. There's some great people in Hull and they're rugby league mad. The KR fans are amazing. You know, I think they're the best fans in the league. So, you know, I've really made my home here in, in Hull and um, I've really been enjoying the experience. It's a great city. You know, and that's a great club. When you were coming over here in 2020, being your first season, and Tony speaks a lot about culture and yourself during the the captain's um, the captain's run after that, after you got your, your, your 350th career jersey. With the culture here at Hull KR, when you come in, what was it like coming into the side and, and how has it changed over time as well? Yeah, I just think um, it's changed a lot. Obviously, we had a high turnover of players, but you know, the beliefs and, and the way we've gone about changing the culture. I've, I've just learned so much in that process off Tony because he's, you know, renowned for getting the best out of his players. And you can see that he really um, gets everyone to buy into what we're doing. And uh, I think that shows in the way that we play for each other. And um, he's a he's a great mentor and someone that we all look, look up to and, and want to play for. And so and that gets the best out of everyone and gets everyone playing their best rugby. But... Um, you know, we've got some great people all across the club. It's, you know, it's not just in the rugby, it's in, in the top department and all the way through. And I think, you know, that really helps with our performances on the field. And, um, you know, I can't uh, sing the boys' praises enough for the way they've gone about, you know, 
building in and buying into the culture that we want to create here and you know hopefully that has a long lasting effect on you know the future generation of rovers coming up and culture just doesn't happen overnight it, it takes years to do and it takes years to be successful and get into those good habits was there a specific moment where you thought this is starting to change now the culture starting to change we're starting to become uh believe in ourselves we're starting to become more accountable we're starting to to really buy into what what tone is what Tony's offering to you guys in a way. Yeah, I think it's, uh, like I said, it doesn't happen overnight, but I think you've we've all seen the labor, the fruits of our labor and, and the way that we've been playing and the performances and what we were able to achieve last year. I think, you know, it speaks for itself and it's an ongoing process and we want to challenge each other to be better every day and, you know, hopefully our, our performances show that on the field and we can keep growing it and go into new levels. I'll just take you back to the the first game in a whole car jersey first competitive game against Wakefield here at Craven Park in round one um, in 2020. What was that like? What was your first experience of the turn up to Craven Park? And I guess it's like a wall of a wall of sound from the East End as well. It was wild, you know. Um, I've played in front of huge crowds in Australia, but it's a lot more intimate and I think the fans are a lot more vocal and, and passionate. So I have goosebumps every time I walk over to that East End and I, sit, I see the fans, you know, singing and um, you know, singing the Rovers song, it just um, it never gets old. It's something that I'll, I'll cherish forever. And um, walking out there for the first time was really special. And, you know, every like I said, I enjoy doing it every every time we play at home. They're very loyal. They show out in numbers every week and it doesn't go unnoticed. We're very grateful for, you know, what they bring to, to the club and, you know, their investment throughout the pandemic and, you know, how they stayed loyal to the place and they always show out in numbers. So... It's a great place to play. I love playing here and it's a great atmosphere every time. So I'm really enjoying that part of it. What's been your favourite moments at Craven Park so far as Robin? Oh, I can't I can't put one. Like I said, I, I'm i just in awe. Every time we win a game and we walk over to that East End, I enjoy every moment just as much as the other. So um, it's such a, a something amazing thing that you have to experience for yourself just walking over there and yeah. you know, clapping and singing. So oh, I love it every single time. I can't put, put my finger on one. So as well as it being your 350th appearance against Warrington last Friday night, it's also your 50th consecutive appearance. What what is the secret to uh, to to staying competitive and being um, ever present for the Robins? Oh, I just think, like we touched on before, it's just preparation, hard work, um, you know, belief, what you do throughout the week, and um, you know, I've, I've been pretty fortunate. Touchwood, and I've had no major injuries, but you know, I put the work in throughout the week to make sure that I'm replenishing my energy levels and, and doing all the little things, eating all the right things. And, um, you know, that's held me in good stead. And I've been fortunate to, you know, put a run of games together for the club. And um, like I said, I've been really enjoying every part of it. We're just going to go back to 2021 and, and Wigan at home. And a lot of people won't notice, but when you went off the pitch with, with the foot injury and getting the injection to come back on the pitch and playing through the pain, and that in turn inspires the boys when you come back up and, and probably gave them a bit of a lift as well. Can you just run us through that experience of what that was like that game day? Yeah, well, I thought um, on the on the field, I heard a massive pop. It was in my foot and I thought, oh no, that's that's bad. You know, I've never felt that before. And I went in, uh, got assessed by the physios and he said, you know, you can, you can probably get this injected. And I thought, you know what, why not? Let's do it. And so I got it injected to see if I could handle the pain and... And then it was just a matter of, you know, putting your mind to what you can do. And, and I just went out there and just try to make a difference, do my job as best I could. And I think when you've got that clear focus and, and that mental toughness and, and believe you can you can do anything you want to do. So I just go into went into it with that mentality and, and went out there to try to make a difference. And it was a great, I think that was a great victory that night and, and it was good to be a part of. In a way, that victory, although OK, I was on a decent run up to then, 
it set the season up in a way of being able to challenge what are traditionally the big clubs like your Warrington, your Leeds, your Wigan, even your St. Helens and thinking, yeah, we, we can beat these type of clubs. I know the, the, the wins just associated with that Michael Lewis try against Warrington, but what was the effort like in the week up to that? I know you guys stopped away at the hotel, which was an idea from Brad. Um, could you just run us through that week and the preparation that went into beating Warrington? I think it was a, a build-up of all the belief, like you said before, of knowing what we could achieve. Um, you could really tell that we were playing for each other around that time and we built up a lot of momentum and our attitude and we were celebrating on the field and just really playing for each other. And you enjoy your rugby when you look across the park and everyone's enjoying what we're doing and doing the tough stuff and you know defending really well and holding a, a great attacking side like Warrington to nil was... It was just a, you know, one of the best feelings when you sit in, inside the changing rooms and you sit next to the people that you train with every week and, you, you know, you've got that feeling of accomplishment that you've achieved something really good and it's just a feeling that you, you can't replicate and that's really good in sport and, you know, that's why you play the game, to, to sit there and, and, you know, celebrate with your mates. And going back to that as well, that game, the, the one, that, the moment that sticks out for me is when Brad went off with the with a head knock and Will take one. And I think Warrington had the idea we'll spread it to Will's side and, and test him and try and get over. And he was just solid as a rock. And you knew that day, well, for me, I thought that they weren't going to score. And it was that self belief across the full seventeen that that we're, we're going to hold out here and we're going to we're going to all work for each other and, and get the win. Did that make it even more satisfying that like the young guys are buying into the culture now and, and you've got some young guys coming through that are quite exciting? Is that the the legacy that you you'll leave behind and and the the older guys in the team yeah i think they we had so many injuries so no one gave us a chance and i think that was a, everyone loves the underdog but we believed that we could achieve that and i think that's something that we were trying to create here you know it doesn't matter who's out there if you go out there and, and do your job and play well as a group and as a team you, you can beat anyone on your day so you know i thought the young guys and some of the the great kids that are coming through this club will like I said, hopefully take all the good things that we're doing now and implement and hopefully the, the club can have some success for for a long period of time. And as you say there, if you're good enough, you'll play and you, you've seen it this year with Frankie Holton and Tom Garrett and, and Greg, those guys coming from the championship, but coming into the group, being good enough. I mean, Frankie's killing it, Tom's killing it up until the concussion. Greg's been fantastic and every time he's been on and, and just those guys that are coming up, there's a self-belief from Tony and the players that whoever puts on that jersey, 117, that when they're on the pitch, they're going to do a good job and, and turn out for the boys. Well, it's just it's not the one to seventeen. It's um, you know, it's a whole squad effort. Every every day we've got you know 30, 35 players that come out here and make a difference. And every day they have a chance to, you know, impress the coaching staff. And I think that's the attitude that we've got to have. And when it's your turn to to play on on the weekend, that you step up and, and do your job. But you know, it's um, you know, having that buy-in as a club that that we're all accountable for the success of the place. And when it's your turn. You do a do a job, and I think you know everyone's brought into that and that into the culture, and they've um you know like you said that they're they're playing really well on the weekend and making the most of the opportunities that they get. Just to link back to that as well, it reminds me of something Mossy said. Just beating Hull now is, is is not good enough. Just I mean fans would be happy with winning the derbies, but now the the, the team and the full the full organisation, the full club are looking to to be better every day and and, and like I say push on and and really leave a lasting legacy. Do you feel that that's something that's been built in with the culture as well of of we want to push these top four teams, want to be amongst the top four teams? Well, that's it. You want to you know be competing for trophies every year, and I think that's what you have to believe in if you want to achieve that. So. You know, I have seen a change in attitude and I think, you know, I hope the fans believe in, in that we can compete and, and play and beat the big clubs because 
you know, I definitely believe that that's, um, you know, what we're trying to create. And I, I believe we can, you know, keep continuing to do that going forward. I guess you, you're, you're the overwatcher of the people, I guess, really. And you see what people are like and your, your teammates are like. And just a few quick fire questions about your, your teammates. <laughs> so, uh, firstly, who's the last one to pay for the coffees? Oh, Tucker's. He he wouldn't shout a coffee for Shark, but he's, um, he's tight as, but nah. yeah, he, Tucker's. <laughs> Who is the funniest out of the team? Oh, who's the funniest? Hey, Albie, I think he's a bit of a character every time. He's um, always got a joke and he's always going back and forth with Tony. He's got a, a funny laugh that you can hear from 10 miles away, so probably Alves. Who is the one who, who's the vein? Who's the one that looks after himself the most? Oh, I think um, Tommy Garrett. He's always got the slick hair back. He's got a comb. Um, after every training session, he's in the mirror looking at himself. He's always in a singlet. He's got a good rig, so I think he fancies himself, Tommy. Who's got the worst dress sense in the squad? Oh, worst dress sense. Probably Kano. <laughs> he's, think- he's old school Kano. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, probably Kane. And uh, last question as well, based on, on being in Hull. Have you had a, a patty? Have you had a you know, a hell patty? patty. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been fortunate enough to grace a hell patty, mate. And you know, I'll, every time I get a chippy, I'll look for one of those. So, oh, no, I love the food. It's different. It's definitely different. But those are the little traditions and and the language and the lingo that you pick up and how I've really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, it's been great. Lovely. Thank you for your time, Sean. Awesome. Thank you, Tom.